Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. It's time to shift your paradigm, gain some inspiration, and get moving towards that next level of success. The last year has been about change. Some good, some bad, but I think we all feel it. I think a lot of us are burnt out from it. Um, And we're ready to just kind of have things stabilize. But change is part of life. And so today we're going to be talking about how do you ride the waves of change? Instead of fighting them, how do you ride some of these, right? Just for your own mental health, for your own just personal well-being. And so um, Rana DeBoer is here with me. She's the chief culture officer for the city of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, She is a dear friend and someone who helps me when I'm kind of trying to manage through um, change and then running a business and all of the things that come with that. She's, She's a great confidant for me to talk about and kind of get me straight when I need it. So Rana, thank you for being here. So I want you to start with your journey. I want you to tell our listeners, like, how did you get to this point? What ha- what has been that nice curvy road of twists and turns that has gotten you to being the chief culture officer? Yes. So when I uh, graduated from high school, uh, Okaboji, Iowa, and I ended up at- Oh, South- Iowa. <laughs> yes, right? I ended up at South Dakota State University. Uh, athletics brought me there, and that was great. That, that was just such a great experience and walked out of that with a degree in um, exercise, science, health promotion, nutrition, PE. Of course, right? That's an athletic background. What else would you do? Jumped back to uh, Sioux Falls here, which I've been in Sioux Falls for, oh gosh, 20 25, 30 years, like a long time, which I just dated myself. Oh boy. But anyway, uh, did, had just a great time, personal training, coaching, high school athletics, and realized that I had kind of grown out of this athletic industry. So went back to SDSU to get my master's degree, walked out of that with health and human performance and was dead broke, right? Like, I just need a J-O-B because I got nothing. Ended up taking a part-time, like very temporary position with Avera McKinnon Hospital here in Sioux Falls, Avera Health. Wonderful, wonderful facility. And really thought at that moment in time, Jamie, I thought I was totally selling out. Like I moved from performance and strength and conditioning and I moved myself into a hospital where you take care of sick people. I thought there's no way, but I was desperate. Like I needed money. Turns out I loved it because I ended up getting a gig in the corporate health division of the hospital where they go out and they did health, health and well-being, occupational and safety um, in the work sites. And I found that I actually like industrial athletes. I love that. Right? I know whether you're a desk jockey or if you are, you know, more labor type position. So I really found an affinity for it. And that's where I really stepped into this role of what does culture and leadership have to do with the performance of people? And then I think what I would say is I had always wanted to go back and get my doctorate, but there's something to be said for 
that hunger for continuous learning and earning quote unquote, that doctorate degree that you get through the work that you do, right? Like you pull your future forward. You got to be in it to win it, to learn and keep learning. And so that position then at Avero, one of the clients that we worked with was the city of Sioux Falls and they ended up recruiting me over to the city. So I stepped into um, the city of Sioux Falls with self-insured health insurance, self-insured workers' compensation, and really not, a, not an overly strong sense of career well-being where how are we investing and growing the potential of leaders at all levels. So I got to start to learn more and sprinkle and practice in that space. And, and so that sounds like a real linear line, right? And some of it was, but the, the line, the road really got twisty and turvy, turny here at the city. And, you know, you run into true, um, you run into true organizational structure from the command and control and the rank and the order. And that experience here at the city has really given me this PhD type of thought, type of thinking to how do you, how do you move through that mm-hmm. and help an organization at an individual team organizational level? And then, of course, we have a, a, a indirect and direct impact on the community. So how do you help all of those moving parts and pieces work together? So I I won't lie that I hit a really hard spot here at the city. Um, I hit a couple really hard spots of bumping into that leadership, culture, um, investing in the potential of people. And I had to take some hard looks at myself to say, what am I doing to contribute? (laughs) And how do I work through some of those barriers when you hit ceilings you hit rank, you hit command. And a few years ago, I actually started my own business because I thought, I don't think this is going to work for me anymore. You know, my place and time maybe in this organization has, has hit its space, right? Like, just like I did when I was personal training and coaching high school athletics, like I've outgrown this piece. And, um, that was so exciting, which you totally know, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, so exciting. And talk about another level of learning and growing. And so um, I really hit a point where I thought, okay, I'm going to step outside of the walls. I'm, I'm going, I'm going right, to, I'm right up on the ledge. Like I'm going to jump like the Mike Lewis book, when to jump, like I'm going, here we go. And then we hired, um, well, Mayor Paul Tenhaken was elected here, and he has a real heart and uh, leadership principle to culture. And I just had a pause, like, you need to listen to your instincts, right? And my instincts said, take a pause for a moment. Let's see how this shakes out. And really was able to kind of grow a relationship with him. And again, looking at yourself internally, how, what am I doing? How am I contributing? And that relationship grew and uh, fortunate enough that he has placed me in this position as chief culture officer. So I'm hanging in here for a while, doing some really exciting, great work at a local municipality level that also has just a tremendous finger and touch on our community. So 
this, that's where I am today. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's fascinating what leadership changes can do for an environment, right? And, and we talk about this in, in the, in the private sector, you know, in businesses is that that leadership component has such a huge impact on the culture and how people think about the culture. And so it's, it's neat to hear that story about how it really shifted for you, right? When you had somebody that, that understood, right? And that got it and supported it. Um, and you guys, you know, knowing you, knowing the city of Sioux Falls, a lot of great people there is, you know, for a lot of business leaders that have never worked, right, in government, mm-hmm. it, it's a, it is a different, it's a different animal, right? And it, the change is actually sometimes at a greater pace mm-hmm. because you have the elected officials and you have the change. I mean, think about a new CEO of a company every four years, yeah. right? That company. And, and so you've got to learn, you've got to create a change resilient organization or you wouldn't have the longevity, Right, that you have. So I would, we'll dive into that for sure. But if you think about a superpower, you know, something that you've really leaned on that's helped you just navigate this whole journey, what mm-hmm. is that superpower for you? Mm-hmm. You know, I think without a doubt, it's the emotional intelligence concept, uh, component of reality testing. I think without a doubt, one of my superpowers that I lean into a lot as a leader. Um, And when I say leader, I mean, right, leader in everything, right? Leader in in my home, leader in my uh, volunteer activities, leader in my community. You are a leader everywhere you walk, every space you enter into. And so I think it's reality testing without a doubt. And where that comes from, gosh, I don't know, right? Like we don't wanna dive into that psychology. But nonetheless, uh, life experiences for sure is part of that, is part of that. And through those life experiences, uh, I think a, a superpower is that reality, the, the, the reality testing gift of being able to take a helicopter view, right. right? We can get in it so deep, get wound up so tight and, um, that, that ability to keep pulling yourself out of the weeds, see the forest through the tree, like pull, lift out of it and see right. things for truly what they are. And I think I said that a few times as we talked, actually. Like I had to look at myself, I had to look at the situation, I had to look at the people around me. And then you go back to your purpose and your values, your your meaning in life, why we're here, and then you navigate forward. So that reality testing. Yeah. And I I can see where that right has built. And as you talk about your journey, because some of that really just comes from your broadening your perspective and having kind of a diverse journey, because you can look at a situation when you haven't just always been in that world. Right. And I think sometimes people get stuck in this is what they know, and they're good at and it's kind of it's their bubble. Right. It's the only way they can kind of challenge themselves. And it takes other experiences for you to be able to step back. So I think it does. Definitely, Jamie. Yes, it takes a lot of experiences. So I think the other piece of reality testing is when you are able to do that, you can look down at that picture and you can easily say, what do I need to learn? I mean, mm-hmm. learning from experiences, that's, right. you can't have control and growth at the same time. <laughs> right, right. You gotta let it go. Like you got to let go and you just got to get into the mess and work through it. And then check in every once in a while and see, am I on target? Where am I going? But you 
have to keep learning. So I love that you can't have control and growth at the same time. And it absolutely pertains to the topic today, right? If we're talking about change and our job is not to avoid change, our job, you know, nothing's wrong because we're going through change. (laughs) It's really more about how we embrace the change, right? How we get through it. And we all deal with it, right? It's it, the, the pace of change feels greater, I think, for a lot of people right now. Um, and so that's kind of what's causing this like almost overwhelm from a change perspective. But how do you look at change? Right? How does it affect you? How do you coach other leaders, right? It, it, as they're trying to navigate this? I mean, government city we were just talking about right all these we're all dealing with these big decisions that need to happen as we go forward like that is a lot of change that's still coming it is we are not done with the change train that's for sure um for me personally in my leadership i'm one of those people that um annoys the heck out of everybody because I like change so much. I like growth and movement and progress and execution so much. I'm that person who creates change when I don't see enough happening. And that's dangerous. I have to be very, very careful with that. I have to be very careful with that. So change for me comes naturally easier because it's in my temperament. It's in my chemistry and my wiring. I like change. So I have to be careful of that. But the thing about COVID, I think that is paralyzing for all of us. One thing, right? This is just one perspective. One thing is the fear and how that can really just kind of shut us down from a cognitive thinking standpoint. When you step back into that emotional intelligence piece, right? And the limbic brain and the cognitive you, you can get so stuck in that fear-based and not know it's the ambiguity. It's the not knowing. And that makes it hard. To, that makes change just super hard. Like what does the end goal look like? Right. <laughs> When's the end? What's the end result? And that, that goal line keeps moving and changing and it runs to the right and it runs to the left. So change is easy for me. And I think none of this has been easy. let me retract that. Yeah. Right. Like I am not saying any of this has been easy. This is 2020 was by far the most challenging year in my life. One of the most challenging years in my life. But um, when we lose our internal compass to the fear of what's around us, we get a little kooky and a little wacky. And um, I think that's a real secret to success for every leader across any organization, right? And we've seen that. We've seen that in people where the purpose and the heart and the intent, you just keep that helicopter view and you keep coming back to that. And that helps you be resilient to navigate through that change because at the end of the day, you want to make good decisions. You don't have all the answers. You want to make a good decision because leadership happens in the moment. It happens in the now. And so you look to that compass to be able to do you to do that for you. And I've always had a very, very strong compass. Yeah. And I think for what we've seen in a lot of leaders, and you probably see this too, is it's this, it's this pendulum of fear and faith 
that we all live with every day. We don't necessarily put those words on it, mm-hmm. um, but it's 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 faith of the the future is going to be okay, right? Like that hope and and then the fear. And you're in this constant pendulum. In some days, the fear is more present. And some days the faith is more present, some moments, right? You can move from one to the other. And I think what the last year has done is, is it's, it's been harder for people to gravitate towards that faith because of the uncertainty, right? Because of the lack of confidence that it is going to be okay. And we have moments of it and then we slide back. And that's where I think it's really exacerbated. This is because we don't necessarily fear change. We fear lack of control, and we fear the unknown. Yes. Right. So what's happening to us, we don't, if if we were to put that in a vacuum, that's not, you know, a leadership change or my boss, a new boss, we don't fear the new boss. We fear the unknown, Mm -hmm. right. And what might happen. Mm -hmm. And when we think about why do you think some people, because you talk about you're, you're very change resilient. And I do think there are some people that are wired that way. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people, it takes more of an emotional toll. And I'm sure you see it right mm-hmm. in your leaders as you work through the organization is why do you think some people deal with it better than others? You know, there's lots of factors to that question. And you, you know that just as well as all of the listeners do. Like you can't unpack that. But for, for each person, there, there are some individual parts and pieces to each of us that make up the answer to that question. And through reflection, you know, personal reflection, you can come up with a lot of those. Um, I think that for, for, the, for the business and thinking about leadership and your people, that you, the fear piece and not knowing what does that mean for me and what does that, how is that going to impact me? That that fear, you're exactly right, is so paralyzing. So there is a faith piece to that, that earlier I had mentioned that my compass, my faith piece is very, very strong. So I do think that the the pandemic has given us sort of a wake up call to to getting into that heart purpose, really sinking our heart set and our mindset. And when that is strong, you see that in people. You see that they are more resilient. You see that the fear of the unknown does not, if you will, crumble them quite as much. Mm-hmm. And you see that in companies as well. So I would, I would add on to that by saying from that business perspective, those companies with leaders who really understand that truly at that cultural level, they are then talking about that, that purpose and that intent with their people so that their people understand, uh, have more sense of control. Right. And you can see that those teams that are locked in, like we don't know all the answers but I know that I have a sense of safety here. And when I feel safe, I know I can perform well. And I have that self-efficacy and confidence in myself and my coworkers in the company. And honestly, when you're in the world, there's that much impact of work on people. Yeah. And it's, it's so true that that safety, we don't think of that word, but Mm -hmm. it's emotional safety. It's, you know, it's that mental safety of, there is unknown, right? There might be chaos kind of swirling outside our walls, 
but within my job or within my family or my, you know, whatever it is, I can feel certain about some things, right? And control what I can control. And that's meeting one of our basic human needs is essentially what you're talking about. And we've been talking about that for a year with business leaders to say, when the rest of the world can't meet the needs for our humans, like we can in small ways, how can we help them, right? Cope through this. How can we help our people ride the waves of change, not fight them, right? Mm -hmm. And the analogy I give is if you think about riding the wave of change, you have two options, right? If you're in the wave, you can swim like hell against it, right? And fight it and fight it and fight it and exhaust yourself. Mm -hmm. Or you can relax, have faith, let the wave take you, right? Mm -hmm. Pay attention and all of that, but let the wave take you where it's going to take you. Some of this you can't control. And I think most of us strong leaders try to control everything around us. And it's just not the way the world works. Right. And that's where the burnout comes from because we're trying to control it all. Definitely trying to control it all. We're all trying to control. Absolutely. We're all control freaks running around in the world without a doubt. And so to, to your point, you know, when you've got that strong sense of self, I, I know who I am, it reduces that fear. It creates a sense of safety on many different levels, individual team, organizational community, et cetera. So something else as you're talking that really hit me, like, how, why is it that some people are more resilient than others? And again, without unpacking all of the elements that go to that, but to our discussion right here is... There's above the line and below the line thinking Mm. that above the line thinker. That's a conscious leader. That is a conscious culture. That person, that individual who can take that helicopter view and be able to say, dude, my thinking is below the line. I am consistently below the line. I've got to put something back into perspective. I've got to, to reality check and, and how am I safe and how am I in control? What can I control? What can I control? And to your point, Jamie, yeah, how do you work through that? So, you know, above the line is not Pollyanna thinking, you know, sometimes you get not into ignoring that. people think it's so optimist that you're ignoring reality and that's yeah. not what it is. No, don't you hate that? Like, oh, Sometimes I'll get a comment like, oh, you're so positive. And there's just this twist of like, you're so Pollyanna to it. And I just giggle like, no, I tell you what, my feet are strongly grounded on the floor. I am well aware of what's happening and I am going to pull my future forward. I'm going to set my destiny. I am in control. Uh, I, I am always in control. Well, and there's power in that, right? Yes. There's confidence in that. And when we talk about, and we saw this play out over the last year with businesses is, is leaders that were like, we can control, we can control, let's keep going, right? The confidence that it, it, we'll figure it out. It might hurt for a little while, but we'll figure it out. And then what I call the victim mentality, yes. right? Is that very below the line thinking as you, you talk about, we saw a lot of that as well. And it got to about November before I started kicking some butts and saying Mm -hmm. no more victim mentality, at least not when I'm in the room. Like, I'm just not going to let you play that game. Like it is what it is. We are here. Now, what do we do? Right. How do we do the above the line thinking Mm -hmm. to turn the light back on at the end of the tunnel again? 
and right. And they needed it. They were like, you know right. what? We really were because you don't realize you're, you're no. not, there's not something wrong with people because they're down there. They don't realize they're down there. You have to help them see that. And it's okay to bl- go below the line. Actually, from back to your point about human functioning from a human performance, a quality of life standpoint, just your whole brain body chemistry, like you have to go below the line. You have to let yourself work through those emotions and digest through all, through all of that, but you just don't stay there very long. And I love that you had to kick their butts. That's that, it's so true. It's, it's a loving kick in the butt. It, it like totally is. Yeah. Like this perspective is you. Shift, right. You need those yeah. people in your life that are going to say, is it really that bad? Or are you pretty good? Like, we're like, yeah. here's where we're at. Like, let's shift our perspective back and pull you back above that line. We all need those people around us, whether it's personally, professionally, whatever it is. And if you don't have those people, you need to find those people because I think it's the only way you navigate change because Otherwise you stay in that swirl, right? Mm -hmm. Below the line. It's very hard sometimes if you get too deep in that to pull yourself out, you need somebody that's, that's helping you with that. Absolutely. Everybody needs a cabinet, right? Jamie, everybody needs a cabinet. You've got a cabinet of people on the family side. You've got a cabinet of friends. You've got a cabinet in your professional life. Some are inside your organization or some are out. Like you need a mixed cabinet of people who help you be your best. They're like your little, it's your little coaching group is what it is. Right. Yeah. 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 So for listeners, you know, and leaders that are, they're sitting here going, okay, I'm, that's what I'm feeling, right? That below the line, Mm -hmm. fighting the change or just not feeling that competence and and being able to find my faith again, you know, that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. How do they start simply? Like, like what tip would you give them if they were sitting across from you? Mm-hmm. So the first place is always, you know, a little bit of personal reflection. That, that's in my coaching with people. That's the place I always start is sort of that level set, just a little bit of level set. So it's kind of got that little bit of that reality test feel to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you really tangibly say, what's going on. And then you have to say, and how am I feeling about it? I know feelings, emotions, but right. They run the show. Your thinking runs the show. It is your absolute number one determinant of success or not. So just that quick personal, what's going on inside of me, you know, how, how am I feeling? And then you kind of figure out like a little bit of the why, but I wouldn't dive too far into the why it's more the what, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to move forward? And I think a really simple exercise that I always, I have, this has never failed me in any conversation with anyone is um, your values. Have you done a personal values exercise? What's your power word for the year? Um, you know, what's that anchor point? So my point is I'm getting to an anchor point. What's the anchor point that can always bring you back to your right. best thinking to come above the line? Well, those are a couple of things I really, really like uh-huh. a values exercise. And if someone says, yeah, I've done that. Great. Pull that back out. Give right. it a review and a refresh, like re-energize yourself to that again. So you can get your mental compass, your emotional compass, kind of, if you will, back on track. And then also, you know, that power word, like what's the word 
What's your energy? You said superpower before. That's like perfect. What's your superpower word? And then that's the, that's your anchor, your grounding point. Yeah. And I find too, you know, and I'm not great at this, I'm getting better is, is sometimes in those deep fear moments is just pausing and saying, what is, what are three to four things I'm, I'm grateful for, right? Mm-hmm. The gratitude, mm-hmm. I think can also jump your thinking above because it shifts your perspective again to not everything is going wrong right now, yeah. right? Yeah. Not everything is fearful and scary. You know, it might be, I mean, we live in the Midwest, it might be the sun and the, you know, what, like, I'm just grateful for, for how it feels right now. And that can raise your vibration and raise your thinking at the same time. Oh, definitely. You know, that's another really quick win for people too, is at night before bed, you know, pull that journal out and, and write down what are three things that I'm grateful right. for today. And I tell you what, that neuroscience with that in your mind, and then you drift off to sleep, the magic chemistry of our body, that neuroscience kicks in. And I'm not kidding. Over the course of a few days, you wake up and you're, you're back on point again. Yeah. Yeah. There is science to prove. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. great. So fantastic discussion. I appreciate your perspective so much because, you know, you're in the midst of it, right? Helping to manage change in the community and just helping so many different stakeholder groups kind of understand this. So I feel like you have like your MBA and change. Um, how can people connect with you, follow you right on kind of content you're putting out, or even just they're struggling this with this and they want your perspective? Like what's the best way for them to connect? Absolutely. Hit me up on LinkedIn. Would love to connect. That's a great, easy place to get hooked up and do an exchange, get connected. That's, that's perfect. Okay. Awesome. We will make sure include your LinkedIn um, link in the podcast notes so everybody can find that. Thank you for being here and having this discussion. Thank you, Jamie. It's always a killer discussion. (laughs) We could have done this all day, but not sure everybody wanted to listen, but but we could have. And and to the listeners, you know, I'm a broken record. I'm going to say it again is each of these conversations is just meant to be a little dose of perspective. Right? If this is what you're struggling with today, if this helps you have one interaction that's more positive, if this helps you get above the line for five minutes today, then it was successful. It's the purpose of these conversations is to just slowly help you deal with, with the journey because it's, it's bumpy for all of us, and, but yet it's so worth it. And so I hope that, that this conversation has helped you reframe, share it with somebody else if you know someone who is dealing with this right now um, to help shift their perspective. It's the greatest gift you can give them is that per- perspective shift. So I continue to be grateful for this, for this community. Thanks, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, please click that little subscribe button so you get the latest episodes when we release them. And we would so appreciate a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you on how these podcast topics are having an impact for you. And if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, make sure and go to our website, keystonegroupintl.com to sign up.